Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Democrat Gazette, and Gina Gamberling, the President and CEO of the Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau, which has been very busy in recent months, is with us today. Uh, we're going to talk Little Rock. We're going to talk uh, the tourism business, all these things I love. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm suiting myself, I guess, here, Gina, because I, <laughs> I love what you do. I, I love what the Convention and Visitors Bureau does. Um, I'm excited about some of its plans for the future. So welcome and thank you for joining us oh, on Southern Fried. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Today. This is great. Absolutely. Uh, you took over last year, but you had already been here about four years before. For our listeners that might not be familiar with us, tell us just a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, tourism has been my whole entire career. Um, prior to relocating to Little Rock about five years ago, I was at the Springfield, Illinois Convention and Visitors Bureau for 24 years. 24. Uh, 24. Wow. Started entry level sales, senior sales, director of sales and marketing. Um, my last few years there, I was executive director of that Convention and Visitors Bureau. Prior to relocating to Little Rock as the VP of Sales and Services, and then during the COVID pandemic, we did a little bit of reorganization. So I took over the marketing department at that time as well and was senior VP of sales and marketing until um, just within this past year, right about a year ago, actually, mm-hmm. I took over this role as president and CEO. Absolutely. Your your predecessor uh, moved into a national position, which which still has to be a good thing, I think, for Little Rock. It yeah. sure is. And Gretchen still lives here in Little Rock. That's so, a great thing. Yeah. So it's been convenient for me. She's been a dear friend of mine. I admire her greatly and still rely on her um, at times just to bounce ideas off of. So 24 years in Springfield, and that sounds like a career in itself. So why Little Rock? What what was it that attracted you here initially? Well, why Little Rock? Um, you know, typically in the tourism industry, you do have to relocate to mm-hmm. move up in your career. I was really fortunate in Illinois to be able to continue my career, um, advance my career. And at the time, I just felt I'm ready for something new. And if we're ever going to make the move, now's the time. Um, the clock's ticking mm-hmm. and the gray hairs are coming out. So <laughs> let, let's um, let's make that move. And saw this job posted um, through my name in there. Gretchen flew me out for, I, I flew in literally on a Sunday morning out on that Monday afternoon. And she offered me a job a few days later. And a few weeks later, I, my bags were packed and I was moving to Little Rock. Wow. And uh, you began moving up that ladder all the way to the top rung pretty quickly here in Little Rock, too. Well, very fortunate for that. Um, We have a great organization. Yeah. Of course, you got here in time for a pandemic, uh, an organization that depends on people gathering. How do you survive two years when people don't gather? (laughs) Well, it was a challenge for sure, and it was very heartbreaking within our organization. Um, We, although we continued our sales and marketing efforts, and of course our administrative efforts Mm -hmm. um, to keep our organization running, 
the buildings were quiet. The convention center was quiet and dark. There were not, you know, people were not coming. Conventions were canceling. Events at Robinson Center um, were canceling. So um, it was a very it was sad, kind of spooky downtown. It, it was very wasn't spooky it? downtown. I would Look, come downtown to write. I, I liked being down here. I had two sons in law school, and they were taking up the whole house. Frankly, I'd do my other three days of research, reading, so forth from the house. But I'd come down here two days a week to write, close the door in my office, bring a sack of lunch and not go anywhere. It, it was just really spooky downtown. It, it sure was. And our our administrative office is in the Cromwell building, which is right mm-hmm. across the street from the Doubletree. And just, you know, typically you'll see people walking out on our plaza there, um, walking from the Doubletree down to the convention center through the Marriott. And just to see the streets so empty, it was very eerie. I will say when that first convention or meeting kind of came back it was such a nice feeling to look out of our windows and just see people downtown again and moving around and it seems not only here in arkansas but i I look at um uh, visitor numbers i look at tourism tax numbers statewide It, it seems that things have come back very strongly across our whole state you in know, the last year or two. Yes, things. And, you know, there were parts of our state that held very strong. You know, people still wanted to travel, and we're traveling to outdoor areas. And got outdoor. Yeah, the yep, outdoor. Yep, so our um, state parks did, ve- you know, fairly well during the pandemic. We're not hit as hard as some of cities such as ours that are such more metropolitan areas. But, um, you know, tourism has come back. It came back quicker than we thought. Uh, meetings and conventions, we were kind of a little leery about them last year, thinking their attendance maybe would be a little lower than typical. But attendance was strong. I think people want to come out. They want to network with their peers and mm-hmm. come to these conventions and meetings and things that they were used to seeing their friends at. So, so everything came back with pretty full force. You recently released a tourism master plan, and I know this was a, a massive undertaking that included, you know, online responses, one-on-one meetings, dozens of group meetings. Tell me a little bit about what this is, what this document does, and, and all that went into producing it. Sure. So much of tourism changed during the pandemic, um, and we knew that as we were starting to come out of the pandemic late in um, 21, we actually started the master plan process. We wanted someone to come in, an organization to come in, look at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, as well as our destination through a visitor's lens. How is a visitor looking at Little Rock? What are they seeing? Mm-hmm. What is the new visitor post-pandemic looking for? Um, So we felt it was perfect timing for them. Um, We hired JLL. Of course, we went out on a national RFP. We had several responses from different organizations that specialize in destination destinations and or state tourism offices. So we were able to bring them in and work with them for several months when we just released that master plan in January. So it took us well over a year just to um, complete it. Tell me some of the highlights of the master plan, what 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 it is telling us. You know, it has told us there were some things it confirmed that we were expecting, and then some that we weren't so much expecting. Um, I will say, you know, one of the things that was 
my predecessor, Gretchen Hall, one of her main priorities and will continue to be a priority of the Convention and Visitors Bureau is a need for sports facilities and some amateur sports facilities. And as well as, you know, maintaining the convention, the Statehouse Convention Center, some of those things you will see happening immediately. If Mm -hmm. you head down to the convention center right now, that lower level down by the governor's halls has all new carpeting, soon to be new wall coverings. And you will see um, a lot of things changing in that convention center in the next probably 18 months. Um, several of our capital projects were put on hold during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We, did, we didn't know where funding was going to come from, um, how our funding was going to look. So now it's time to really invest back in those facilities that we manage to remain competitive in a regional and national market. All right, I'm going to do the unusual thing of quoting from myself, but I have based a couple of columns recently uh, on this master plan and uh, March 22nd, because I can read it better than I can say it off the top of my head. I wrote, this is about far more than tourism. The same kinds of quality of life amenities that attract tourists also attract young, talented residents. We must stop thinking of such initiatives as simply efforts to lure tourists. In the knowledge-based economy of the 21st century, economic development is about attracting and retaining well-educated workers. You do that through such amenities, close quote. And I, I preach that until I'm, I'm blue in the face, but I, I know you believe it. Now, tourism behind agriculture is the second largest sector of the Arkansas economy, so it's important. But I think a lot of people get lost in the fact that if we're doing things that attract tourists, we're also doing things, as I just said, that retain talented residents in the state also. Oh, most definitely, and I'm happy you brought that point up, Rex. You know, a resident is looking for the same amenities in a destination mm-hmm. that a tourist does. Um, so many times when we are looking at what we need to do for the community, what we need in this destination, a lot of this master plan are things that are out of our reach just as a Convention and Visitors Bureau. Some things are out of our control. We will need um, all of the community to step in, find a role within this master plan for us to be successful. Yeah. I pulled some things out of the master plan that I think, you know, are just vital for the future of downtown Little Rock. And it's also said in that column, you know, this is important to people in all 75 counties because you need your state capital doing well. Your state can't achieve its potential unless its largest city achieves its full potential. So these are all important, but I want to hit on a few, let you dream a little bit here. One of the things that the master plan said is make better use of the riverfront. And I'll quote from the plan here. The area is home to many attractions, including the 33-acre Riverfront Park with its unique unique mix of art installations, playgrounds and splash pads, pavilions and amphitheater. Outside the park's grounds, the area still offers diverse attractions and experiences, but a proactive effort to increase riverfront accessibility is needed. To be clear, riverfront access does not exclusively mean own water activities. Many comparable destinations with rivers have additional amenities for passive recreation as well as food and beverage and retail outlets along their waterfronts. Now, this city traditionally turned its back on the river. I, I've seen massive improvements in in the decades that I have lived here. 
But there's still a lot we can do. I mean, we got this great river going through the city, and, and we don't take full advantage of it, do we? You know, exactly. And this is one of those items on in the master plan that was not a surprise to us, but it's something that we felt really needed to be mentioned and a top priority. Um, for example, Riverfront Park is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sculpture Garden is something that is so world-class. I have friends and family that come to visit from out of state. And can't and believe that, it's in a city uh, of 200,000 people. Can, really. They cannot yeah. believe it. Um, uh-huh. They think this is something we would see in Chicago or Dallas or a major city. So um, we have so much to offer there. And I think it's been a discussion for quite some time as the entrance into the park. Um, You kind of get lost if you're Mm -hmm. a visitor down in that area. One of the things I experienced myself when I moved here um, and I lived in the downtown area temporarily, um, just going down to that riverfront was kind of confusing. So we think just even identifying some pathways Um, to be able to get to the park. Additionally, um, a lot of people maybe are not aware, but the Convention of Visitors Bureau, we do manage the River Market Hall, the Ottenheimer Mm -hmm. Hall. We we manage that for the city of Little Rock. And we right now are partnering with Little Rock. JLL, our um, consultants with the master plan, are helping us on this project as well, putting out a request for information, trying to look for someone to come in and reinvent the hall um, mm-hmm. it's a great asset of ours it's one of our key drivers in the downtown area we are just looking for it to it, it's just ready to evolve into something new and be open more hours and extended hours ex- including Saturdays and Sundays right now it's only open I think from 10 to 2 daily and we really feel it needs to be open in the evenings and on Sundays, exactly. yep, yeah, as well for those visitors and for the residents and the residents. Exactly, great points. Those yeah. of us who work downtown. Speaking of working downtown, we're taping this uh, at the corner of Capitol and Scott in the Democrat Gazette building, just a couple of blocks away from where there's between eighteen and nineteen new acres of green space adjacent to the River Market District you were just talking about. The 30 crossing project on Interstate 30 has opened that up as they took off on ramps and off ramps. And I know there are already stakeholders meeting to discuss how best to use this land, but boy, what most cities would not give for 19 acres of green space to suddenly open up in the middle of their urban core. And your master plan calls this, quote, an opportunity for iconic placemaking in the heart of the destination, close quote. Yes, um, those that green space is incredible and has the opportunity to be incredible. And I do feel very confident, downtown partnership as well as our city leaders, it is top priority for them. Um, and we look forward to working with them and seeing what creative things that we can come up with for those. 19 acres it's the timing seems to be just all you know when the stars are aligned I think right now they're aligned we completed our tourism master plan through a visitor lens looking forward to downtown partnerships in the city of Little Rock doing the downtown 
master plan of all of downtown um, that includes more than just tourism. Um, and I think all of those pieces aligned will help guide us to where we need to be to really do what's right for the city with those 19 acres. I went down there and walked in the weeds and mud <laughs> one day, and it, and it really is an incredible feel that it suddenly opened up uh, because you're surrounded by buildings. Uh, you feel you're like in a much larger city there. It is It is a true you know, uh, urban space that could that we haven't had before that sure. we just can be very neat. Yes, we're we're looking forward to what comes out of the park. Um, of course, we have some ideas ourselves, um, but it it should be a place for our residents, for our visitors, and just something that our community can be proud of. Here's one that caught my attention as somebody who raised two boys. Now they're 30 and 26 now, but I can remember doing this with them. I, and this is what, you know, you read these plans sometimes and you kind of know what's coming. I've been involved in economic community development for a lot of years, but then sometimes something, I didn't see that coming and I didn't see this coming, but I liked it. And it was recruit a water themed attraction with an on-site hotel. So, you know, I think of things like Great Wolf Lodge in Kansas City or, or Grapevine in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the plan does note that nothing similar to this exists within a four-hour Radius and the population in that area could easily support such a development. I, I've got to tell you, that struck me as that this could be that could be a really neat thing for Little Rock. If you, we you know, it. I agree, and that was one of the surprises to us. Honestly, yeah, yeah that would surprise me. Um, you know, there's several locations that uh, you know out by the Outlet Mall, by mm-hmm. Top Golf, going yep. so many places that would be ideal for this type of development. That it is something that. Um, is going to be a priority of ours. Of course, we cannot build it, um, but we can at least bring the opportunity to those type of organizations to see if there's interest in Little Rock. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning along with the latest news and updates dates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You mentioned, and I'll bring it back downtown here, you mentioned reinventing Ottenheimer Market Hall, and I think it is time probably to do that. In association with that, the master plan 
recommended expanding the concert series at the First Security Amphitheater. Now, that seats 7,500 people, and, I, and I'm one of those Little Rock residents who believes it has never been utilized for such a beautiful location, and I have seen some great concerts there through the decades. Uh, it hasn't been utilized as much as it should be. You know, last year we had, I, I believe the number was eight or nine concerts, which was mm-hmm. the most concerts that facility has hosted for probably 10, 15 many years, years I was at say least. Many years. Many years. Yeah. Um, so we are looking at that. This is not something that will probably happen, honestly, this summer, but looking at ways we can bring in the arts, um, bring in some local local entertainment and things to that facility when it's not being used for a major concert. Yeah. 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 And and again, back to uh, uh, back to somebody who raised two kids in this city, uh, one of whom was on a travel baseball squad, another of whom was on an AAU travel basketball squad. You mentioned the sports complex earlier, and I have always told people that youth sports tournaments, that you're the one in the business, but I'll see if you agree with me on this. I consider them just absolutely recession-proof because mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are always going to find a way to go to their kids' tournaments. They're going to stay in hotels. They're going to spend money in restaurants. Uh, it, it's almost recession-proof in it, that way. It sure if you have the is. right facility. Exactly. And it was a little bit pandemic proof, uh-huh. honestly. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, sporting events were still happening during the pandemic, not as strong as um, they normally would, but they were happening and they were one of the first markets to come back. And your predecessor, Gretchen, being a former college athlete, and I'm an old sports writer myself, but as you said, she was very strong on this. In fact, in 2015, the Convention and Visitors Bureau conducted a feasibility study that recommended construction of an indoor sports facility with 8 to 10 basketball courts, 16 to 20 volleyball courts, spectator seating for two to $4,000. Now I believe, and I, and I know the mayor has talked about this, looking at War Memorial Park, other uh, places potentially for this, you can you could combine such an indoor facility as part of a larger complex that includes outdoor fields for baseball, softball, and soccer. And I, again, I'm biased, but I think it would be a huge revenue generator for the city of Little Rock. It would. And Mayor Scott um, just mentioned recently in his State of the City yes. that the sports pri- sports facilities are, are a priority. Of course, it all comes down to funding and where are those funds coming from. But at this point, we are working with the city, with the mayor's office, as well as the city parks department to dust off our sports feasibility studies from mm-hmm. 2015 as well as look at you know what are travelers and what are events rights holders looking for now in facilities so we are sure to have all that information ready so when the timing's right we build the right facility for the destination right yep. very very exciting now the plan here's the old sports writer coming out at me again gina but i was excited to see this the plan also mentioned the possibility of the formation of a separate sports commission. Now, I know you all worked still to attract sports events, but Little Rock, frankly, and I've covered bowl games all over the country in my sports writing days, we're one of the largest cities of our size without such a commission. And this would be a body that could work on everything from youth tournaments up to maybe a 
football bowl game at War Memorial Stadium, the whole specter of, of sports. Correct. And depending on how the tourism arm is set up in, in a community, there's sports commissions of all types. Mm-hmm. There's sports commissions that are strictly volunteer. There's sports commissions that are um, funded a little bit by the hotel tax or as a sidearm to the Convention and Visitors Bureau. So that is also, I think, mentioned in our master plan briefly on what that will look like exactly. Um, time will tell for that. Yeah. Now, I have I have hit on some of the things that attracted my attention. Uh, what, what am I missing? What other things uh, in the master plan should we look forward to as being in the, the years to come uh, focuses of the Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau? Um, one of the main focuses and why we selected JLL for our consultant for this project was their experience in not just convention and visitors bureaus but for convention centers we've spent a lot of time looking at the optimization and utilization of our convention center um, what we need to do sales wise to bring the occupancy it does very well it's a busy place Mm -hmm. i think everyone in little rock knows it's a busy busy place anytime you go by there's events and things happening Um, but we did spend a lot of time on how we can be better because in my mind you can always be better absolutely and bring more groups here. So our sales team has quite the task ahead of them. Um, Looking forward to one of our long-term goals um, that is also mentioned in the plan is an expansion of the convention center. Will that happen tomorrow? No. Will that happen in three years? Probably not. Um, But we do have to keep it on the radar. We do have to keep it in our planning um, just to remain competitive when we're competing against destinations, not just regionally, but nationally to attract these conventions to Little Rock. One of the outside things I do, Gina, is I'm vice president of the board of the Arkansas Travelers Baseball Club. And I know this is simplifying things, but that's what we columnists do. We only have so much room and we have to take complex (laughs) things and try to simplify. But to simplify, I remember we were in a board meeting last year and I told, uh, I told our CEO of the travelers, I said, uh, uh, you know, I said, I think I can sum up uh, what we have to offer in a post-pandemic America, certainly to succeed in three words, and that is fun, safe, and clean. And uh, obviously you want fun, but people want things clean. They want things safe. And uh, I was delighted back to downtown Little Rock again to see the Convention Visitors Bureau along with city government uh, put money back in to uh, get our ambassadors program up and going again in downtown Little Rock. You've your visitors here, they, they just have to feel safe, don't they, to walk around. And that, that will help to have some extra people on the streets to help them out. It definitely will. And that was Gabe Holstrom from Downtown Partnership. Mm-hmm. Him and the him and Mayor Frank Scott actually came to our AMP commission for the request um, to assist with the funding. Well, thank for, you, thank for, you from so, somebody who so, works downtown for so, doing that, well, from, from th- a downtown worker. Yeah. And thank you for the mayor and Downtown Partnership on their vision. And coming to us with the idea and we're happy to be a part of it um we're happy to do what we can to again not only make visitors feel welcome but our residents as well yeah so uh a couple of things before we run out of time uh we've talked about some of the sexy stuff but uh you know you got all the nuts and bolts you've got to worry about hvac and everything else of course you also 
state-run parking garages uh, downtown. Is is parking adequate uh, downtown right now? Parking's coming back downtown. Of uh, course, it's one of those things we're keeping an eye on. You can always use more parking in a downtown area, um, and that's something that the downtown master plan will take a closer look. Okay. Our tourism plan did not touch on the parking aspect so much. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, just curious because, again, a lot of people don't realize uh, just how much that falls under you. Um, the State House Convention Center, they know. The Robinson Center, they know. Uh, but you mentioned your office is now in the Cromwell building. We talked about Ottenhammer Hall, the amphitheater, the pavilions, but multiple parking facilities. Uh, so you you are a big part of downtown Little Rock in a, in a very big operation. Uh, and we, I, we, I will end on a, a very positive note. Uh, we... We are taping this uh, just a few weeks before the grand opening ceremonies for the fantastic Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts, and I have written in columns that I truly believe this is the biggest thing to happen in downtown Little Rock since the Clinton Presidential Center. Uh, opened over 150 million dollars. Uh, Architectural Digest again just recently had Little Rock uh, in there again for a, a superb architectural facility. And uh, when when people, you know, sometimes a lot of times actually on social media, mm-hmm. as you well know, focus on the negative. One of the things I like to point out is you take that 150 million plus there. You take what your organization did a few years ago in spending $71 million to redo the Robinson Center. You take the Wingate facility over in the East Village that is going to house artists. It's going to be great. You take uh, the facility at about $9 million that the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra is building. You take just those four projects and you come to over $250 million. That's over a quarter of a billion dollars spent just on the arts in downtown Little Rock in recent years. Again, that's pretty impressive for a city of 200,000 people. You know, it is impressive, and we're so excited about the Museum of Fine Arts opening. It's going to be a true destination draw, right, that people will come here and stay overnight. It definitely will, and there's so much, you know, that $155 million, I think, is the number um, that they're at at this point. Uh, 2% of the hotel lodging tax actually goes to fund the Museum of Fine Arts. one of the things that attracted me to Little Rock, you asked that earlier, Rex, was, and I believe in the infrastructure that's here. We have such um, good bones, um, tourism bones, I like to call uh-huh. them, from the Robinson Center down to the Clinton Library and just all around our destination that you can see that the city as a whole and our city leaders care about tourism, and that was one of the things that attracted me to Little Rock. Absolutely. And one of the things, is, and we're about to run out of time, but one of the things I didn't mention, there's so much going on right now, is the recent $2 million grant, and I think the money will come through once we've done the proper planning with that $2 million. Uh, for the park over I-30, and it's going to connect that new Museum of Arts with the growing East Village. Uh, Again, that has the potential to be a spectacular 
spectacular development for it, downtown. It, it definitely does. It's going to be amazing, amazing yeah. to watch. Yes. Yeah, Bridge Park, they're calling mm-hmm. it. I mean, it'll be a bridge over the river. If you're familiar with Clyde Warren Park in downtown Dallas, I know a lot of people from here go to Dallas. It's it's along those same lines. Mm-hmm. And uh well, we've covered a lot of territory. I, I knew it would go fast, so I'll have to have you back soon. Any, anything else I'm leaving out that you want to touch on right um, now? No, we're just looking forward to tourism seasons. You know, it's spring break this yep. week, so yep. um, you'll see the tourism tourists back in Little Rock, and um, we just look forward to a successful year. Gina, thanks for all you do. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. Gina Gamberling is president and CEO of the Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau. I'm Rex Nelson. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Pride Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.